Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact. Well, it's time for the brand father, and this week's brand bouquet must surely go to Drikus Duplessis, our new middleweight uh, champion in the UFC, for going viral in an interview where he explains to the foreign journalist why, when it comes to governments, South Africa has the worst government in the world by a long shot, he said, so far ahead of the chasing pack that it would make Max Verstappen in F1 look ordinary. Jeremy, uh, no ticker tape parade for Drickus then from this lot? <laughs> Evening, Michael. Evening to your listeners. Yes, uh, I have to admit I didn't get up at five o'clock, even though I believe the main event was only in the end at about eight o'clock. But yeah. How fantastic. Well done to him. Um, and you know, what a bloody affair it was in both ways. But it is also interesting when someone like him, who's obviously not scared of anything, uh, opens his mouth. And he's not the most talkative of guys, as he showed when he arrived back at O.R. Tambo. But, you know, when he has got the opportunity, he says it as it is. He doesn't uh, in any way uh, use words that people can't understand. He tells you right from the start, what a load of rubbish we have at the moment, and he's happy to tell the world. And this is where our sportsmen, we often talk about as being ambassadors for South Africa. And yes, he is an ambassador for South Africa. But if you're on the wrong side of uh, the rest of the people of South Africa, he's happy to say it as he sees it. Yeah, well, I mean, and all power to his uh, fists, his vocal cords, what should I say here? Because he is speaking truth to power. Ordinary South Africans are resilient in the face of much adversity brought by this particular government. So um, it, it's uh, quite right to be patriotic, to uh, to call out South Africa for its incredible people, but then to also mention that the government is one um, that does everything in its power uh, to make life uh, more difficult, not better. And it was interesting listening to Julius Malema today, and I know we're in silly season and full um, uh, election campaign mode and all of that, but uh, actually saying uh, that life for some in the townships was actually indeed better under apartheid because back then, and he cited the example of a gogo who could go to a clinic that was built uh, in the pre-democratic era. And since then, um, uh, since democracy, successive ANC governments have served to um, uh, destroy that clinic where it no longer exists. And that is, it's a very politically unpalatable I might call it politically incorrect, but it is a hard truth. Well, this is where the more people are prepared to speak out, and well done to Julius Malema, well done to Rickus, because we all know, you know, 30 years on, in many, many ways, the country has gone dramatically backwards, and uh, the rest of the world is charging ahead. Um, they're not waiting for anyone. Uh, but here in South Africa, we often look at things and try and paper, paper over the cracks and say, oh, uh, things will get better. They're going to get better. They're going to get better, aren't they? We've got an election coming. What's that going to change? We're going to have the, the sugar coating of all sorts of things over the next few months. But, you know, this is where we're not stupid. And we can see what's going on. And more and more people slowly but surely, and I wish it wasn't so slowly, are realizing that, in fact, it must be surely time for change. Yeah, and that's where I thought, uh, while we're dishing out the bouquets, we'll get to the brickbats. But uh, another bouquet for Rob Rose. 
no pun intended there, calling out the bureaucrats and probably coining one of my favorite phrases for some time. Probably going to be up there at the end of the year for phrase of the year, firepool politics. <laughs> he, he was in fine form, was Rob, wasn't he? But, you know, I'm going to be attending mining in Derby in a couple of weeks. And if you believe that Minister Gwedi Montash has the best interests of the mining industry at heart, uh, well, then I've got a bridge I want to sell you. I've heard him sell the same story, the same yarn about the mining cadaster and uh, and bluster for too many years now to believe a single word that comes out of Gwedi Montasha's mouth. So well done, Rob. Yes, and a couple of things that you've raised there quite rightly. Rob Rose can give you a one-liner. And here we have five pool politics. And this is one of the points we repeatedly make on this program that a lot of the political parties give you essays. They don't give you punchy one-liners. They don't cut it down. And that's where you need wordsmiths and more, like a Rob Rose. And that's very important. Moving on to the minister, I worked very closely with Roger Baxter when he was still running the Chamber of Mines and working with him on that transition where it became the Minerals Council. And so many of the things we heard then, which is how long ago? I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, going, in fact, to an annual general meeting of the the launch of the Minerals Council. And there was the minister speaking. And what's changed? He keeps on speaking, but nothing changes. Nothing happens. And how he's been allowed to get away with it repeatedly, uh, not just with the mining fraternity, but also with ESCOM and whatever, you know, it really is about time that uh, we chopped out this dead wood. Yeah, and uh, and be done with it in the year of the wood dragon it is in China. So maybe it will all burn down come May. We'll wait and see, Jeremy. Uh, I think the, uh, the brickbat has got to go to uh, Arena for pulling the plug on the distribution of the FT weekend. Now, you can still get it on certain street corners, uh, but no longer delivered to your home. I was chatting to the editor of uh, Business Day, Alex Parker, who uh, mourns it like the rest of us do, Jeremy, and uh, is really quite upset. But, you know, it's a cost issue, he says, and uh, he's planning on reversing the decision, but he says it'll only be a medium-term project. But again, you know, it it's a terrible stewardship of media assets that leads us into positions where you've got to cut costs in all the wrong places. I mean, that is one way that you're going to drive customers away. And there surely must be better ways to manage uh, a particular cost issue than by upsetting readers, especially paid up readers who just wake up one morning and lo and behold, there's no more EFT with your morning coffee. Well, that's right. I, I think we've subscribed to the FT weekend, uh, not the we- daily one, just the weekend, which arrives in South Africa for Sunday mornings, because it also has a magnificent color magazine, the How to Spend It, which incidentally has just won the top award in the UK for that sort of category. And and yes, when you're told um, at the beginning of December, uh, even though your subscription takes you through to July or whatever, uh, we're stopping as of next week. Um, and I have to say I would challenge Alex Parker because I've been told it's actually not coming into the country um, at all. Um, I've tried various places and uh, I've even written to the FT circulation department. I don't think it's coming in at all. And when you talk about cost, 
let's face it, Arena do have a delivery service, which will carry on because of the Sunday Times. Um, so even if they try to say, right, you know, we're going to hike your subscription, I don't know, 5%. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, because I think most of the people who get the FT weekend would probably say, well, it's worth it because it's such a wonderful, wonderful paper, a wonderful read, and that's part of my Sunday that's disappeared. Yeah, I think many issues that need to be ironed out in this particular decision as well. But what do we expect in a country where we see the great brand and legacy of Nelson Mandela tainted in the way that we've seen with the third generation auctioning off memorabilia to fund certain vanity projects? Now, I can't, and it's often said uh, from clogs to clogs in three generations, Jeremy, so this is nothing new, but I can't believe that we would allow a national treasure, something as important as what Nelson Mandela means, for his belongings to be auctioned off. Surely there's a role here for, if not um, the Department of Arts and Culture, a large corporate uh, to step in, buy them up, and to ensure that they are put in a museum or placed with the Mandela Foundation, for example, and not lost forever. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, it beggars belief that this is being allowed to happen. Um, you know, and this is where I would encourage people to go into the Nelson Mandela Foundation because the museum there, all the memorabilia, all the photographs is absolutely amazing. And of course, there's the, the boutique hotel uh, just down the road, which has got more memorabilia in. But as you say, this is a national treasure. This is part of South Africa's history to allow family, family members just to auction off things. Surely, as you just said, someone should be stepping in. It's a huge opportunity. You know, I think perhaps going back a few years, someone like an Anglo-American would step up to the plate and buy it up. And they'd call it the Anglo-American collection of memorabilia but at least it would be secure and safe yeah doesn't that happen anymore or are all these private enterprise companies that would normally step up to the plate so disenchanted with the anc that they won't even try oh interesting question you raise there jeremy um one would certainly hope that uh, despite being disenchanted and uh, downright cynical that uh, some could recognize uh, the great man's legacy and it certainly predates much of the, the avarice and self-interest we've seen from the ANC after that. I want to end on a lighter note, a better note, and a much better wicket. And I know we, we dug into Cricket South Africa last week over the David Teeger scandal, but Graham Smith has really done a fantastic job with the, the SA20. It's always difficult in your second season. First season, you've got the novelty factor. It's new, and they managed to sell out most games, and it, it really looked like a great product. To follow up in that second season is always a challenge, and I think he's delivered, and, and, and then some. If you listen to some of the international commentators just raving about South Africa and also how cheap our wine and lifestyle is. Well, he's certainly raised the bar. Um, and interesting, you, you mentioned the commentators. Um, that's one of my bones of contention that often I don't know who's speaking and uh, they don't put it up on screen either. But to hear Mr. Broad, Mr. Peterson, uh, who came in yesterday, uh, no, other people seeing some of the heroes from the past and seeing the way the game is being played, seeing all these South Africans, which I have never heard of, I have to say I'm learning a lot of new Afrikaans Christian names as well, which I hadn't come across before. But the cricket is absolutely stunning. What a showcase. 
and the, the way, as you say, the overseas players and commentators uh, and other people are coming in and eulogizing what could be better for South African tourism, for the image of South Africa. And try and name something else that comes close to achieving what this is doing. I think you'd struggle. So well done to all those involved. And we need more of it, please. But please, Wanderers, get more people in. This yeah. last night, again, was a magical game. And uh, there are too many blank seats. But other than that, fantastic cricket. And really mouth-watering the next few weeks. Yeah, well, it, it's certainly not like that at uh, the other grounds. I tried to get tickets uh, for this weekend at Centurion Park. Sold out uh, already a couple of days before to uh, a local T20 game. Who would have ever thought that would be the case? Uh, so it just shows you the appetite is there. If you build it, they will come, Jeremy. Uh, enjoy the cricket this weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. A nice glass of cold white wine, I think, as well. Well, that was Jeremy Sampson with the Brands and Sense, as always here on Classic Business, uh, bringing us to the end of another packed week. Uh, if you've missed any part of the show, if you just want to listen again, catch up on the website, uh, download the podcasts on fmr.co.za. We'll be back with you on Monday at 6. We've got Symphony at 7. Up next, good night. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact.